Welcome back to Young Smart Money, show number 16 with me, your host, Apple Kreider, the show where we bring on young people who are doing cool stuff financially, entrepreneurially, really just whatever. Um, we share their journey with you guys and any actionable steps or, or just advice that they can share with a young person audience that we've got going on here. So today on the show, we have JJ Buckner. JJ Buckner, good friend of mine. We have been both making uh, personal finance YouTube videos for a while now. Um, so we've been in contact with each other. We've done a little collaboration here and there. Uh, but today I wanted to have him on the show because he has a really cool life experience that I think can really bring a lot of value to you guys. I know brought a ton of value to me being a college student, but his experience is how he actually paid off about 60 grand uh, between him and his wife of student loan debts in the span of nine months. So that's that's pretty, pretty enormous in my opinion. And he's not making some like crazy six figure salary out here. Like, like he's fresh out of college, and he decided that he wanted to hit this debt head on. So, so that's what he decided to do. And that's how him and his wife were able to pay off over 60 grand in nine months. We're gonna break down that entire process. We're gonna talk about YouTube. We're gonna talk about so many different things, uh, but mostly it's gonna revolve around establishing yourself financially as a young person, really getting on your feet and just really figuring out how to get started, whether that's paying off debt or investing or just building up an emergency fund. Like all of these things we're gonna cover because they're essential, essential factors in establishing yourself as a as a financially secure young person so, so that's what we're gonna get into and without further ado let's welcome JJ on to young smart money all right guys we got JJ Buckner here um, he's gonna talk a little bit about getting on your feet financially as a young person because he has done it he has gone through the process he is he's killing it financially he's doing really cool stuff um, in life on YouTube um, so I'm just really excited to get in to the conversation I haven't talked to him in a while so I'm excited to catch up with you JJ so could you just tell um, us a bit about yourself, maybe the audience who's not super familiar with you, they haven't seen their your YouTube videos, just sort of like what stage of life you're in, um, what you're up to, um, stuff like that. For sure, man. Well, first, Apple, I want to say thanks for having me on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Um, yeah, like I said, my name is JJ Buckner. I'm 27. I'm uh, married to my beautiful wife, Lindsay. Uh, we have uh, one son. His name's Mason. Um, we live in a small town in Missouri of just about I think last time I checked, it's like over 500 people. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's a pretty small town, uh, but we're, we're about an hour south of St. Louis. So okay. we're not too far from like a major city. Um, I graduated college with a degree in civil engineering. I started working in 2000, I think it was 2014 for a large engineering company as a transmission line engineer. And what transmission line engineers do is the big power lines you see when you're going up and down the highway. Mm -hmm. uh, we work on, with clients of the uh, utility companies to either design brand new ones or to fix or reroute existing uh, transmission lines. That was recently. <clears throat> yeah, it was a cool job. Uh, recently, I made a uh, well, pretty decent career change or a large career change. I'm now more in the out of, I'm out of the design uh, aspect of engineering. And I'm on the construction side, so I am doing a lot of like project management and estimating for uh, like large concrete commercial construction jobs. Cool, 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 cool. Well, thanks for thanks for the background. Um, so so for our listeners that are not aware, like I mentioned before, um, you also have a YouTube channel. Um, used to be called JJ Buckner Investing, is now called JJ Buckner. Um, so, and that's where we first sort of connected. That's where I first sort of got to know you. I saw some of your videos come up in my, in my feed and I was like, whoa, who is this dude? He's making really cool videos. Um, so, so that's how we sort of got connected. But, um, can you talk a little bit on sort of what your YouTube channel is all about? 
Yeah, for sure. So mainly my YouTube channel has anything to do with money. So that is personal finance topics. That's investing topics, rather that be in the stock market or rather that be in real estate. Um, I also talk a lot about uh, financial independence, um, retirement, retirement, retiring early. So really anything money, uh, maybe, maybe some type entrepreneurship related, uh, investing, personal finance, the whole nine yards. That's pretty much, I try to touch on a little bit of everything. Um, so that's the Perfect. kind of the YouTube channel in a nutshell. Cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool to give people like a well-rounded picture of not just like one certain thing. And I was going to ask you why the name change, um, but it sounds pretty apparent that you wanted to not just be an investing channel, but sort of be a more holistic, like personal finance, just anything to do with money channel. And I think that's really cool. And I think that there's a lot of ways you can go with that. Whereas with investing, you might be a little bit limited. So I think making making the switch to being more of like a personal brand and just more about money, I think that's, I in my opinion, that's a power move. But some people might might say that's too broad, but I think I think that's the way to go. I mean, that's the way that I go personally. So I might be a little bit biased there, but um, I think it's good to keep your options open and really be able to talk about what you are passionate about and what you actually feel like talking about and not sort of like work yourself into a corner of like, oh, I can only talk about investing now because investing is in my name. So I don't know. I, I say props to you for that, um, but that's oh, yeah. just my two cents. <laughs> no, I 100% agree with you because that's exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to... I didn't want to be tied down just to the investing because there's so much other topics out there that I wanted yes. to touch on. Yes. And not only that, but I also was trying to get a little more personal with my YouTube channel. Mm. So, you know, not only am I talking about, you know, just what to do with your money, what to do with investing or how mm -hmm. to pay off debt. You know, I try to touch a little bit also on personal experiences. So what maybe my wife and mm -hmm. I have gone through in the past, or you know what we have coming up in the future you know like one for instance one example um, where my wife and i are currently in the process of building a house Dang. and the biggest milestone right now for us is we're trying to determine how long it's going to take us to pay off this house that we're building and mm -hmm. we're trying to do it as fast as possible so that's something i'm going to you know kind of include on my youtube channel is like so a cool. monthly update of you know how much we paid off this month and how much we have left so it's a little bit, like I said, on a personal level instead of just teaching something, I guess. I really like that. And I mean, I do a lot of that too as well. Um, I just think it's really, and when I'm watching videos as well, I think it's a, it's a lot more powerful to, to actually hear what people are actually doing rather than just like, oh, this is what you should do or this is how you should invest your money. Like, this is what I'm actually doing. This is what happened. And you can learn from that because I mean, learning from experiences, um, your own or other people's is a really valuable way to go. And, and I think that being able to share your actual experiences with people is a really, really valuable thing. And, and I think like not, not having yourself in that corner of investing only and being able to be more flexible with it. I think that's a really, a really smart idea in my opinion. And a really, I, I don't know, a really good move. I just think, um, so, so moving on a little bit, um, every time I meet somebody who else who is, who is sort of creating content, whether that be like financially related or otherwise, I'm just like, I'm blown away by like the amount of, of work people put in and, and the amount of time they dedicate and just like how much they care about what they're actually creating because you really are creating stuff. Um, so, so what made you want to make the leap or what, what got you to make the leap into being a creator into to making YouTube videos in the first place? This is a good question. Um, well, first I'm actually, I'm not going to say that I'm a, well, maybe two years ago, I wasn't a diehard YouTube guy. Um, mm -hmm. I really only got on YouTube, uh, to learn how to fix something for my car 
or <laughs> how to fix something around the house. It was really for, you know, the do-it-yourself type of stuff. Exactly. Um, I never really subscribed to channels. I never really watched, you know, religiously someone's channel or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Until one day, which I don't really remember exactly how it happened. I was probably watching something on how to fix something. And then I sure. saw, you know, in the suggestion type uh, videos, it was a video for Casey Neistat. Now, I'm sure anyone related to YouTube, they, they've probably heard of Casey Neistat. I'm sure. <laughs> and I started watching his videos, and he was actually the first, like, real channel that I subscribed to. Mm -hmm. And for those of you that don't know Casey Neistat, you know, he on some of his videos, he really touches on, like, being a creator, you know, yeah. hitting that creative button in your personality, what that means. And while I was watching Casey's videos, he led me on to which I think was the real foundation of why I started my channel. And I know you know him, and that's <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary yep. V. Yes, Gary V. So, all the way. Absolutely. <laughs> so he, I started watching Gary's channel, and he, I think, was the real reason of why I got started. And because of that, he was the reason of, you know, he put into perspective of, you know, follow your passion, talk about, create something that you're passionate about. And, you know, prior to me watch, starting watching these videos and these channels, I have been researching and reading blogs and, you know, reading books on investing, on personal finance and mm -hmm. listening to podcasts. I never really got on YouTube except, like I said, for two years ago. Well, as I started watching those channels, I found channels like, you know, Ryan Scribner, Jeremy yep. at Financial Education. Yep. And I was like, oh my gosh, like these guys are putting out such great content. And I feel like I had my own two cents, my own opinion that I could maybe add to it. Yeah. Uh, also being with a, you know, in a small town, there's not too many of my friends here that really enjoy talking about you know, personal finance or investing yeah, or what to I do bet. with your money. So I was like, well, maybe this is a good way also to get on here. And then I ended up finding this community mm -hmm. of financial YouTubers like yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's really awesome to be able to have conversations with like-minded people who enjoy, you know, talking about the same stuff that you enjoy talking about. And then also my number or my main, probably main reason for starting my YouTube channel is to help people. Mm. That's what it's if all about. I could, absolutely. If I could help one person with their finances, whether that be paying off a debt or a motivation to start investing or, you know, something to get done with their finances and helping their financial life, that yeah. right there would be awesome. And it's funny that we did this podcast today and we're talking about this because while I was at work earlier today, mm -hmm. I got a message on my Instagram and it was one of my subscribers and he sent me a, a personal like a DM and he was just kind of asking me a couple questions and he, he sent me this one message and he says, JJ, keep making your videos. They're motivating me to help save mm -hmm. more, to get that, you know, increase and start investing more. And I mean, that right there is that's what it's all about. It is incredible, man, to experience something like that, to know yeah. that you maybe not a lot, but you're at least helping a little bit with someone's financial life and something, you know, for you, I know you probably understand this too. Like this stuff means so much to us yeah. as financial YouTubers and someone who's wanting to, you know, get into this sector is to help someone out like that. Like that is unreal. It's, it's yeah. incredible. Those messages are what make it all worth it. Like all the all the grinding out of, of making videos, editing videos, like figuring out what you're going to talk about. Like those messages are what really just like hit home for me personally. 
and just make make all of the work feel like nothing because like absolutely you know that you you've made an impact on at least one person and and that they, their lives are are going to be maybe just marginally better but like in in some way they have found a way to make an improvement based on some information that they got from me like that is that's like the stuff that just really really like solidifies like this is why i do what i do it's because of the people and 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 the way that you can impact them exactly yep i 100 percent agree so what are what are your plans as far as youtube goes you said you, you have your own two cents to add which i feel like like just hearing your story actually i heard a lot of parallels from from my experiences with just like you being in a small town versus me being a 19 year old um my friends are not super willing to talk about money um, just because they're 19 and they're like, oh, I can just wait until I'm 35 to think about investing. Right. Um, what, so, so it's, it's, it's pretty, I, I don't know. I feel like I had a similar experience of just like having stuff to say, but not really having the people around me that are very receptive to it. So, so that's sort of what brought me to YouTube as well. So I think that's pretty interesting that we have sort of that parallel going there, but just as far as your goals for YouTube, um, what are you sort of looking to for the future? Any milestones you're, you're like looking to like get to you or, or what's your like long-term vision? Well, first it was kind of what I said previously. Like if I can just help people, that's really my main consideration. That's, yeah. I, 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 this is such a passion for me and this helping people with their finances. And, you know, I have family members that I've set up Vanguard accounts for to bring mm -hmm. them to start investing. I'm helping my parents and my, my parents-in-laws, if that's oh. the word that you say for that, yeah. my wife's parents. You know, I'm helping them with their budgeting or, you know, my, uh, my wife's mom has a business and she has some questions sometimes I should ask for me money wise. So that's like the biggest thing is really just helping people. But as more of like an analytic analytical uh, goal for uh, YouTube, sure. really it's honestly, I think if I can start monetizing videos, mm -hmm. that's my main goal um, to create a, a passive income from mm. the videos. I don't really have like a subscriber goal. I don't have anything like that. I'm kind of just in it for the long run and to see yeah. what happens. It's more of if my goal I think is to be able to create another stream of income to maybe, like I said earlier, help speed up the process and paying off that mortgage. Mm. Uh, yeah. And, and also in the long run that could maybe as use that as a modem or a, a motivational aspect of the YouTube channel is maybe somewhere else, someone else might want to start their own YouTube channel because they're seeing how this is helping me financially, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I think that's really, really cool. Um, are you thinking of, of ad revenue? Are you thinking of creating like a course or an ebook or some kind of service or like uh, affiliate marketing or what kind of, what kind of passive income are you, are you thinking about? I think right now it's just mainly just going to be off ads. Um, mm -hmm. There's ideas in the future uh, for maybe creating something of a course. I haven't really thought about that too much, to be honest. That's fair. My main concern right now is just putting out quality content yes. that people can watch and are actually getting value from. Yes. I'm totally with you on that. Personally, um, just hopping in. I don't know if I'm going to, if I'm going to put ads on my videos. Um, just because like my whole philosophy, um, I'm not trying to like say you're wrong or anything. I'm just like, absolutely give me my two cents right now. But like my whole philosophy around sort of my videos is just making it like as easy as possible for people to consume, especially cause my demographic, my core demographic is college students. So they're right. all about streamlined and like, I need this now. Um, so I don't know if I'll do ads right now. I do some affiliate marketing, um, mm -hmm. which is doing, I I've maybe made like $10 off of it so far. So it's like not that much, but. Um, I think it's, yeah, I think being able to monetize 
um, on, on YouTube is a very, it's a very cool thing to be able to be making passive income um, from, from something that you love to do. So I'm, I'm all with you on that. Um, I think that's a great goal to have uh, just because that's, I mean, that's, I think that would just make things a whole lot easier. Um, right. And, forward. and to go off what you're saying too is, is, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you hear a lot of different aspects of should you monetize your videos? Should you not? Should you, <laughs> you know, like, like Gary Vee, he talks about creating that equity and keeping that equity of your audience. Yeah. And he goes, do you want to monetize or do you want to try and sell your audience something? Or do you want to keep that equity and try and do as much as you can for free? Exactly. Give them as much as possible. That's kind of why where I was like, well, I would like to get at least, I mean, it's nice to get something for as much work as it goes into YouTube. Yeah. There's a lot I mean, of you, work. That goes exactly. <laughs> and especially for like me raising a family, having a full-time job working, you know, 40, 50 hours a week, yeah. trying to spend time with my family on top of doing YouTube. Yeah. It would be nice to be able to see a little bit of income coming in from like, maybe like I said, ads to yeah, where exactly to where like, maybe like, some YouTubers choose to make a course or choose to make something where you have to pay to see a little bit more of their personal like stock portfolio or whatever yeah. that may be to where I'm choosing to kind of put all of that out there for everyone to see, I guess. Yeah, I completely agree. And I don't think there should be some people sort of have like this shame associated with like with with monetizing your, your following or your YouTube or whatever. But I don't think that should really be there because I mean, we we know personally how much time and effort and i mean with you like building a like raising a family and then building a house and just all of these things that you're doing like there's there should be no shame in in finding ways to to creatively create income for yourself based on what you're doing i mean you're putting out so much value for people that um asking for a little bit in return should not really be an issue i don't think so so one of your biggest videos is um on how you were able to get over sixty thousand uh, dollars in student loans paid off within nine months um and first of all just congratulations for that that's like massive i can't even think about that much money or debt or anything in my life right now just because i haven't even experienced it uh but can you talk a little bit on uh that process why you even made the decision to knock off all those loans in the first place and just how that sort of went for you because this episode really is at its core um about getting on your feet financially and and it seems like this was a really big step for you to do that so can you talk on that um a bit for sure so like i said in 2014 i graduated as a with my degree in civil engineering and i got that job uh, right out of college mm -hmm. So when I first got that, you know, first big boy adult paycheck <laughs> as an engineer, I was like, okay, you know, this is cool, but now what do I do with this? So I never really got into, you know, finances or, I mean, I, I was always, I guess, decent with my finances, but I never really knew exactly how, what to do with it. So that's what created this process of, you know, me reading financial books, investing books, what to do with my money, you know, what should you do with debt? And as looking up on the internet of, you know, what should I do with my money? How to pay off my student loans? What do I do this? What do I do that? Mm -hmm. I came across Dave Ramsey. Mm. And I feel like if anyone has ever searched anything about paying off debt, <laughs> paying off student loans, you're going to see this man's name or face somewhere on the internet. Oh, absolutely. So I tuned into his show uh, a couple times. I started really listening to him. And honestly, I love what the man has to say about paying off debt. 
Now, for investing purposes, that's a whole nother story or a whole nother podcast we can yeah, get into. Yeah. But for strictly paying off debt, the guy is perfect to listen to. If any, if you, if there's any listeners out there right now that you know maybe you're struggling with student loans or you're not exactly sure what to do, you know, with your debt situation, I feel like he's a perfect person to listen to for that. Uh, so, I, anyways, I started listening to Dave Ramsey. And I came home one day and I told my wife, I said, well, we're not buying that new car we wanted. We're not doing this. We're strictly putting all of our extra money into the student loans and we're going to knock these puppies out. And she kind of looked at me and she's like, uh, excuse me, you know? <laughs> so uh, anyways, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I made the decision to really start attacking the student loans. Mm. I mean, yeah, Dave Ramsey, he's a passionate, he's a passionate fella. Um, he's certainly got a lot to say about about paying off debt and investing. And I'm definitely with you on on his view on paying off debt. I'm definitely not with with him on his view on credit cards. Just, Me neither. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it it works for some people, but I don't think that's a one size fits all approach that he's offering. Um, but as far as paying down debt goes, he's really um, he's got some really great. I mean, he, I, I read one of his books called Entre Leadership, which wasn't explicitly about paying off debt. It was more about um, entrepreneurship and leadership, but, um, he does have, he does have a lot to say on, on paying down debt that I'm very on board with. And I think, yeah, like you said, for our listeners that are in debt, like that, that's, that's the place to go. Um, and, and he can really provide you with some guidance on, on getting, getting a start on that and just really chipping away at it because it can seem really overwhelming. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I haven't really had that much experience with it. Obviously I have some student loans, but I'm only through my freshman year. So it's not that significant yet. Um, but, but I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, and you can probably talk on this as well, that it, it seems pretty overwhelming. Like when you first got out of school and you had 60 grand in debt, like, did you, did you feel like that was overwhelming or did you feel like I can, that's a tomorrow problem or sort of like, how did that feel for you having that much debt coming out of school? Well, coming from a kid who I guess I never really had debt before that besides a, like a small, a small car loan during mm -hmm. high school. Um, it, it was, I'll be honest, it was pretty shocking and overwhelming. Yeah. Um, I mean, you get out of school coming from this broke college kid who was barely making ends meet, just, you know, eating your ramen noodles and doing whatever yeah. you had to do. And then you get out and you got this $60,000 of student loans. And sometimes it's even more, more than that for some oh, yeah. people. And it is, it's overwhelming. And you really have to just, you have to sit back and not let it take over you. So, mm. And we may get into this in the in a little bit, but sure. I think the most important thing when you have a large sum of money like that that you owe is to take it on as maybe starting out with like hitting small goals. Mm -hmm. And I actually talk about this in one of my videos on my YouTube channel. And my wife and I, what we would do, what we would do mm -hmm. is we would set a small goal for maybe that month, and we said, okay, well, we're going to try and attack the debt and get, you know, a thousand dollars paid off this month or however much that amount was for the month. So maybe instead of going out to eat one night or going out with the friends for a couple beers that night, we decided to stay in, cook dinner and save that money to put towards the loans. And sometimes I would even put it towards it that night. So Dang. if I knew we were going out to dinner, instead of making the decision to go, I'd say, okay, let's stay in. And, you know, let's say we spend 40 bucks between dinner and a couple drinks. I'm going to go apply that $40 to the student loans right now. Dang. So like that's, a, that's another fun little aspect to do. Yeah. And it's crazy 
how fast those $40 purchases or those $50 purchases will add up over a longer or I guess shorter period of time, whether you know it'd be the nine months or maybe it's two years for someone to get their student loans paid off. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like the psychology behind that of sort of like paying yourself instead of paying all your money out. Like that's that seems like a really, really effective way, at least like mentally, to to sort of see your progress. Because when you're when you're putting those forty dollars in at a time, you really, you really see that you're making an impact and, and you're not just sort of like thinking uh, oh, uh, maybe, maybe it'll get better this month. Maybe we'll get the X amount paid off, but like, you're actually putting the money in very frequently. You're actually, you're, you're making sure that you actually stick with it and that you actually do it. Exactly. Um, so going into school and, and taking out debt as, as I'm sure a ton of our listeners are doing myself included. Um, I feel like even for me personally, I don't think I fully grasp like the implications that, that taking out all this student loan debt actually has over the course of a lifetime. And did you sort of, did you have any ideas of what those implications might be um, when, when you were in school, before you went to school? Did you have any idea of like what it would take to get this debt paid off or, or what, how that would affect your life? Not no, but hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I mean, it's not really something you think of. Like you said, it's not really something you think about no. or you're worried about in college because you're so all. stressed about getting you know, a good grade on your test, or you're worried about what classes you're taking this semester. And the student loans, I feel like is something that's happening in the background. Yeah. You know, you do it for, which I don't know how they do it now, but back when we, when I was in school, you'd go for your, your one semester, you go to the financial aid office or do whatever you needed to do to get your, you know, your loans in check. Mm -hmm. And then you could forget about them. And yep. then you just, until next year came around. Yep. So no, I really didn't, I did not, grasp the situation I was putting myself in and not only that but all of my peers around me which again this may be something that you're hearing also but everyone said the same thing about student loans and they said eh we'll pay them off when we get our jobs out of college exactly exactly man and that's that's how people talk about investing that's how people talk about, about just getting any part of their finances in order about building credit about about anything it's just oh I'll do that when um, I'm out of school or I'll do that when I have my first job or I'll do that when I'm 30 or I'll do it when I'm 40. Like there's just so many, there's just so much of people pushing things off, um, when they're in college, when I think there's just such an opportunity to, to get a head start on these things and to, to start making progress and to just start building yourself a solid foundation because compound interest, man, if you guys listening, haven't played around with a compound interest calculator and just looked at what the difference of like even one or two years can be like the, the difference of, of starting one or two years earlier can literally be tens of thousands of dollars as far as your retirement goes. And it's just, it's so, so powerful to get started early, even if it's just a hundred dollars, like a hundred dollars a month or, or a thousand dollars here and there. Like there's just so much potential early on that I think so many people are just pushing aside uh, and saying they'll, they'll do that when, when the time is right. But I mean, the time's never going to be perfect. So, I mean, even if it's just a hundred dollars, like, like get, get started, open whatever, a Vanguard account, a Fidelity account, whoever you want to open an account with. Um, and just, just get started doing something because you're going to learn from it and it's going to make a huge, huge impact on your life. And I just can't stress enough, like how much thinking about these things early on really can impact your entire life. Um, um, as far as your, your financial side of things goes. And I mean, that just leads to so many more like mental things and just, it, it can really make things a lot easier if you just think about these things a little bit early on in my, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> eighth wonder of the world. 
compound interest. Saying, yeah, dude. It's <laughs> well, it, go for it. The funny, okay. The funny thing about that is, so this past weekend, uh, my fam, my family and I, we went down to uh, the lake for like a mini little mini vacation, mm-hmm. and my cousin and I were talking about. He's twenty one. Okay. Um, he has a Roth IRA right now that oh. he's putting money into. God bless um, his heart. <laughs> exactly. So uh, he had he was talking to me a little bit about his his money, and then his dad, you know, my uncle was was sitting there too, and and they were, he was kind of telling me what they were doing with it, and it's in Vanguard. And I started talking to him about compound interest, and they kind of knew what it was, but not really. Like they've never sat down and did like a calculation. So I was like, all right, well, I'm about to blow your mind. <laughs> so right, so he said uh, he's putting in 150 dollars a month mm-hmm. at 21. You know. Yeah, uh, he's he's not he's not like got a real actual like full time paying job. No, so I think that is perfect. That yeah, even doing yeah. something. So I told him, I said, well, well, let's do this. Let's assume your rest of your life, you never get a pay raise, and you continuously do the hundred and fifty dollars a month into your Vanguard account. Mm-hmm. I said, if we do an app, stock market averages right now um, six to eight percent. Yep. So I said, first, let's be conservative and let's do your 6% interest rate and in return over your you know, lifetime until you're 65. Sure. And I said, like I said, if you never get a raise in your lifetime, which is highly unlikely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and then you start putting in, you continuously put in the $150 and never put another dollar in on top of $150. Mm-hmm. It came out to be a little over $400,000 is what he'd have in that account. That is ridiculous. I, I know. And then I said, now let's bump it up to, I guess, the more traditional average of your 8%. Mm-hmm. And that ended up calculating out to be just over $800,000. And he kind of sat there and looked at me with like, this blank stare. I was like, I'm not kidding, man. Like, this is real stuff. <laughs> if you just stick with it, you know, and yeah. you're, you're doing yourself such a favor by starting at such a young age. Yes. That is going to do nothing but benefit you. And your 65-year-old self, when you're sitting down on your couch or you're on the beach sipping a pina colada <laughs> you're going to be thinking yourself that you started putting in that 150 dollars at 21 years old exactly and i'm not sure the exact numbers right now but but if you started if he would have started at say say maybe 26 if you had waited five more years to get started like that can that can reduce your your eight hundred thousand dollars back down to four hundred thousand dollars or your four hundred thousand back down to two hundred thousand like that's how much of a difference time will make with compound interest, guys. Like the, the money is not the big thing here. The time is the big thing here. Like even if it's just a little bit of money, you give it a lot of time and you're going to be very, very surprised at what can happen. So that's, that's, that's my two cents there. Um, so what was your, what was your, was this your first um, big experience with debt? This, this student loan, obviously you said you had a car loan um, in high school, um, but I'm assuming this was like your biggest experience um, did you did you have any credit cards in high school, um, or can you just talk about basically what your experience with that was before this this uh, student loan? For sure. So, like I did say, I had a uh, I had a car loan in high school. Um, you know, I bought my own cars from 16, 17, 18 years old. Dang. And when I was eighteen, I went out and I thought that I needed to have this awesome nineteen ninety nine Z twenty eight Camaro. so I went out to the bank I got the loan and I forget exactly what my payment was Mm -hmm. but it was now now that I look back at it it was ridiculous the amount of money that I was spending per month between insurance and Uh, this car payment at 18 years old working as a lifeguard 
I just look back now. I'm like, what were you thinking, dude? But uh, that was probably my biggest experience uh, with debt beside before the student loans happened. And then for credit cards, I did open up my first credit card when I was 18. Now, on the other hand, like I said, I've always been decent with finances before I really got into it after college and mm-hmm. really started researching and, and when what to figure out what to do with my money. Um, but I've always really had a credit card ever since I turned 18. And to your listeners out there, the most important thing with a credit card is make sure that you're able to pay off that balance every month. Yes. Because you do not want to get the interest pay- occurred that's going to be on top of your balance with credit cards because it's one of the worst type of debt that you can have in your life. Yes. And not only that, but credit cards can be very beneficial to you for your credit score. So mm-hmm. because I've had my credit, credit uh, well, because I had my car loan and then because I had my, my credit cards, which I wouldn't recommend getting a car loan at 18, no. um, but because I had, yeah, but because I had the credit, the credit card and I was paying that balance off in full every month, I now at, you know, 27 years old and I had this credit score when I was 25, I have an above 800 credit score. That's impressive, man. That's very impressive. Yeah. So, I mean, anytime I go to, you know, apply for something or my insurance rates, you know, those that helps me out or, you know, when I'm getting my mortgage, uh, my mortgage loan, that's going to help me out and I'll get additional uh, lender credits to help with my closing costs. So there's little things throughout life that will help you out um, for having a decent credit score. And I think probably one of the best ways to get that started as a young, you know, high school student or a young college student is to get that credit card, but make, make, make sure you're paying that balance off every month. And I cannot stress that enough. Yes. I'm, and, I'm so with you. Go for it. Sorry. I would just wanted to also say if you know yourself and if you know that you can, cannot troll your spending, I would not advise getting a credit card. Because that's going to do, do nothing but put you farther behind. So it, if you know that you cannot control your spending, I would not get a credit card because that's going to do nothing but set you up for failure. I completely agree with that. And I mean, coming back to to Gabe, <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk and Dave Ramsey um, for a second. I mean, if you, if you have the self-awareness to realize that, no, I cannot control myself with a credit card to use it just as I would a debit card. Because personally, what I do is I spend money on my credit card. Um, and I pay it off before before the statement closes, usually within the same week. I usually pay my credit card off weekly, um, if not even more frequently than that, just to make sure I know what I'm spending money on and and that I have the money to pay these things off. Because if you just use your credit card as like uh, you just have an additional like four thousand dollars of of money to spend however you want, that's gonna that's gonna end up very, very poorly for you. Um, so so you really do have to have the self-awareness to realize, okay, is this something I'm gonna be able to manage? Is this something I'm gonna be able to be responsible with? And if not, um, head over to Dave Ramsey. He's got some really valuable tips for you on how to um, stay out of credit card debt because you do not want to get yourself in that mess early on or ever. Because, like you said, it's going to set you up. It's going to set you very far behind uh, as far as your finances go, and it's just not a place that you want to be in. So, if you're going to use a credit card, if you're going to build your credit score early on and and get all those um, lower interest rates and just advantages you get with a credit or a credit score or credit card, uh, definitely definitely like be, be responsible with it. Um, pay it off in full every single month. And, and if you're not going to do that, then don't bother getting it at all. It's not worth it. Um, so how for you personally, um, moving, moving back to, to your student loans for a second, how did it feel to sort of get rid of all of that debt? I mean, you said it's, it felt sort of like a weight on your shoulders. 
So was was paying off that last bit very like monumental for you? Did you did you do your Dave Ramsey debt free scream? Like what did what did it feel like to sort of get that debt gone? Well, first it was it felt amazing. Um, it it was a like I said earlier, it was a big weight off of my shoulders. Uh, no, I did not do the Dave Ramsey debt free <laughs> scream, um, but. <laughs> It definitely was, uh, like I said, a weight lifted off my shoulders. And now maybe for some of your listeners may not be in the same predicament that I was in, but really going through this process, um, being married, it Mm -hmm. really helped with our, my my wife and I's like relationship. I bet. Because we were able to, you know, create a goal, attack something and finish it as a team. Yeah, and you know, once a month we'd sit down and we go over our budget and we say, okay, well, how much do you think we can apply this month to the student loans? How much do you think we can put towards them, you know, student loans this month? And then we get like our tax returns back from our jobs, and we'd say, okay, let's put all of it towards the student loans. But we had to make those decisions together. Yeah. So make going through this process, those nine months really strengthened our our relationship together. And I think that, you know, really benefited us because we were, we were newly married. I mean, we got married, I think a few months after we, after I graduated college. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool to be able to go through that as a newly, you know, married couple and to experience that. Um, but no, I mean, really to answer your question, it, it felt amazing. And my wife and I, which I recommend this to anybody out there who's going through the debt payoff process is to one, you know, recognize what you're doing and praise yourself for meeting those small goals throughout the journey. Mm-hmm. So maybe one weekend you you beat your goal for the month of maybe paying off that $1000. Mm-hmm. So go out to eat, you know, go spend $40, go spend mm-hmm. 50 bucks, go to a nice dinner or maybe you you know want to go to a concert or you know go celebrate that mini goal and then whenever you hit that final goal of paying off your your debt or your student loans or credit cards or whatever it may be, do something extravagant. I mean, my yeah. wife and I, we booked an all-inclusive resort um, trip down in Mexico Dang. to kind of celebrate one, our anniversary, but two, also paying off the student loans. Yeah. So like having that in mind also motivates you to want to pay off that debt faster because damn it, who wants, who doesn't want to lay, <laughs> lay on the beach in Mexico? I mean, come on. Exactly. Now. Were you during, during this process, during your, your loan pay down, um, were you investing at all? Because I mean, you said you were doing, doing some, reading some blogs, listening to some podcasts, reading some books, um, and, and eventually starting watching YouTube videos, but were you investing during this process? Were you just learning about investing? Were you, I mean, it sounds like you were diverting a ton of money into this debt. So did you really have anything to invest on the side? Yes. And this is something that, you know, uh, to go back to Dave Ramsey, mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's a lot of things that he talks about that I don't agree with. Yeah. Um, there's a, but for strictly paying off debt, you know, that I think he's excellent to listen to, mm-hmm. but he says, you know, don't invest while you're paying off debt, which I think is a kind of a load of crap. Yeah. Um, because like we talked about earlier, time is your number one companion whenever you're trying to invest. Exactly. So yes, my wife and I were investing while we were paying off our student loans. And probably this is the, I think the easiest and best way to do it when you're trying to attack your student loans or another large debt that you may have to your name is we invested heavily into our Roth uh, 401ks at work. Mm. 
the first reason why we did this was because it first it comes out of your paycheck and you don't even realize you know that you're losing that or that not losing but you're getting rid of that money exactly it's not even so, there to begin with yes 100% so that's really easy to get by and you'd be shocked at how much that helps you out in the long run mm -hmm. but something else you may want to keep in mind for whenever someone is you know when you get that job out of college or out of high school is some companies do what's what called a 401k match. Oh, dude, yes, preach on this 401k match. Oh my yes. god. Yes. So the most important thing you have to realize with this, if you choose to pay off your debt and not invest, you are missing your company gets a 401k match. Mm. You are literally missing out on hundreds and hundreds of dollars of free money. Oh, completely. And, and compound that over time, and, and it, it's, it's tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. If, exactly. I was just about, if not hundreds <laughs> of thousands of dollars that you're missing out on. Yes. So if you are choosing right now to pay off the debt and you have a 401k match, mm. I highly, highly, highly recommend taking advantage of that. And even if it's just doing the bare minimum to get the full amount match, because I know I yeah. probably average of most companies out there do which either like a 3% to a 6% match. That's yeah. typically what I've heard from my friends and other peers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I would at least do the 3 to 6% in your 401k, if not more. Because like, I, like we both talked about already, the t more time you have, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. And okay, so I was just having a conversation a couple of days ago. I did this live stream on Instagram with a friend of mine um, named Ryan. And well, one of the things we hit on in that was was 401ks and i definitely do have some mixed feelings on 401ks as far as investment vehicles go he was very um anti-401k but i was sort of making an argument for them just because of this match so so the thing you have to think about with a, with a 401k match is it's literally free money so how a 401k match works is essentially you contribute some money of your paycheck um money that 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 is you're not even seeing it um so so you like a saying that that is, is very true is you sort of adapt to, to what you have. So as far as, I mean, that works with time, that works with money. So, so if you, if you see, um, like, uh, okay, so let me just, let me just start over for a second. So a good example of this is say the government was to put a 10% tax on you, just an additional 10% tax. You had to pay it. It was on every, all the money that you earned. Um, you would find a way to fit that into your budget. You would find a way to make that work. Like you wouldn't just complain about it. I mean, you might complain about it at first, but, but you would, you would suck it up and you would find a way to, to spend 10% less money in your life. So if you can do this similar, do a similar strategy with, with a 401k match and just find a way, just say it's a tax. I mean, it's coming right out of your paycheck. So just tell yourself it's a tax, tell yourself you have to work with it. Tell yourself it's, it's not an option. And, and you put that money in your 401k. That's great. What a 401k match is going to do is say you're making um, $10,000, you get a 3% match. You put, uh, $300. I think I can do math. Nope. Three. Yes. $300 into, yeah. into this 401k. They're going to double it. They're going to put another $300 in there. There's going to be some caveats there, but, um, essentially you're getting free money. Okay. So, so they're doubling your money. So that's an, that's an automatic 100% return on your investment. Now, now the cons to 401k is really quick. There's a lot of fees. Um, you're going to be investing in, in probably mutual funds that are going to have pretty high expense ratios. Um, so, so it's not gonna be the greatest investment vehicle, but the fact that you're just getting that match out of the gate is ridiculous. Like, like you, you can argue against, against 401ks all you want, but if there's a match there, you, you got to at least do the minimum on the match. And if you don't want to 
contribute any more than that, that's fine. Like open your own Roth IRA or 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 whatever, and and invest more elsewhere. But but if you're if you're leaving that 401k match on the table, you're literally leaving free money on the table, and you compound that over time, and it's it's hundreds of thousands of dollars um, if you're not taking advantage of that. So I really I can't stress enough the importance of that. And there's so many of my friends, especially those of them that are working at Target right now, while they're in school, they have a 401k program where they'll match you. They're not taking advantage of it. And oh, every time God. I see them, I'm like, guys, you really, you really should consider this because yes. you're leaving free money on the table every single paycheck. So that's my little rant on um, 401ks and 401k matches, just because I really think that's something that I, I just see my peers not taking advantage of it. And it really just makes me, makes me think, makes me like, oh guys, but um, that's, that's my two cents on that. Well, no, um, I wanted to add to that. Yeah. Kind of going off a little tangent here, I understand, but I wanted to make sure that, you know, people do understand this is that is one of the most important things. Like you mentioned is fees is when you are investing in a 401k, you need to be checking all of the options that you have available to you in your employer's 401k because yeah. I am a perfect example of what I'm going through right now when I switched my career to the construction industry. So the company that I'm working for, they offer a 401k and the first thing I did is I looked at the options that they have available to me to invest in and they were crap. They yeah. were high, high expense ratios. Oh, yeah. There's nothing good to invest in in there. And they also didn't provide a match. So I am taking it upon myself that I have actually decided not to invest in their 401k program. I opened mm. up my own Roth IRA, which I already had opened in Vanguard when I rolled over my uh, uh, my 401k from my previous employer. Perfect. So I am I am adding my uh, my own money after the paycheck comes into mm. my Roth IRA of Vanguard because the expense ratios with the other 401k at my company was just ridiculous. Oh yeah. And we have also decided to increase my wife's 401k contributions because she is actually her 401k is through Vanguard. Mm. So we have the same pretty much uh, options picked out for her 401k. And we're just investing heavily more into her 401k because as some of you may know, in a Roth IRA, you have a less amount, uh, a maximum that you can reach. So yeah. with a Roth IRA, you can only invest $5,500 per year to where with a, a 401k, you can go up to 18,000. Yep. So we're choosing to, to put way more money into my wife's 401k and, um, do my max out my Roth IRA, which that's just a personal, that's just a personal decision we made. That yeah. doesn't mean that's what everyone does, but that's just to just to relate to the 401k and how it may not sometimes be the most best investment option out there. Exactly. You just so got to touched on that. For sure. I mean, and I'm glad you hit on that as well because you do have to do your research. You have to you have to look at these things and then really see where the best place for you to put your money is and it's not always the easiest place, uh but but over time that's really going to make a difference because like just again, compound interest, man. You you get a you throw a 1% fee, a 2% fee on on your investments and you're you're literally halving your returns over like 40 years which is just absurd so like you just you just gotta keep these things in mind because they really do add up and a two percent fee might not seem like a lot to you but it's a lot like i mean like you said like you said before with the eight percent versus the six percent like it was literally half so if you had an eight percent eight percent return no fees you've got eight hundred thousand dollars in your example before you take yep. that down to, to 6%, you got a 2% fee on there. Now you got $400,000. Like that is the difference of a 2% fee. So yep. it's, it's very, very significant with that. Yep. It's crazy. It's definitely something to keep an eye out for. 
All right, so now we're gonna pivot a little bit. We hit a bunch on investing, just getting on your feet financially, paying off debt. Um, now I wanna hit on a couple more actionable questions for our listeners that are that are looking to take action on their finances at a young age, because I mean, most of our listeners here are in the uh, high school to college years. So what is one step that a recent graduate can take to start putting a dent into their debt? What do you think is a good first step to take? The first and probably most important step to take if you want to start putting a dent into your loans or your debt would be to start tracking your spending. <clears throat> and excuse me. And what I mean by that is, is rather you, if you're spreadsheet savvy and you want to create your own budget and set up certain amounts that you're going to spend each month for, you know, going out to eat for <laughs> gas, for car repairs, for, you know, your electric bill, your rent, you know, set up that budget and set a, an amount that you're going to spend each month to yep. set yourself up to have extra money at the end of the month to apply that to your debt, whatever it may be, student loans, credit cards, etc. And the best thing about that is, is whenever you start to do that, you're going to get motive, you're going to get motivated and you're going to motivate yourself Yep. to be able to find more ways to have more money coming in um, to put towards that debt. So maybe you're like, okay, I put $200 to go towards, you know, eating out and, and going out with the friends this month. Uh, let's, let's reduce that to 150 and that's 50 more dollars I can put towards, you know, the debt. So just little things like that really helps you out. Yeah. And I mean, just making sure that you're paying yourself because I mean, so many people, they, they get their paycheck and by the end of the month, all the money's gone and then they get their next paycheck by the, by the end of the month, all the money's gone. So you just got to make sure that you're leaving some money for yourself um, to, to sort of invest and to pay down your debt. Because if you just keep paying all your money out, then you're never going to be left with anything. You're never going to be able to make progress. So I think that's very, very critical is being able to, to pay yourself first and, and just get that whole process rolling. Um, and personally, I actually just started, like, I, I know that I make uh, personal finance YouTube videos, but I hadn't actually tracked my really, I've been tracking my spending, but I hadn't been tracking my income because I work as a server. So the income fluctuates very greatly based on, based on the night. Cause it's, it's mostly tips that I'm getting paid. So I really hadn't been actively tracking my income until, until last month. Um, but, but knowing how much money is actually coming in and knowing how much money is actually going out is such a valuable thing and being able to, to get that going early on is just so, so powerful. And I really can't recommend that highly enough to just know where your money is coming from, where it's going and just being mindful of that at all times. Um, so where's one of the best places that you think a young person can find more money to start throwing at that debt? So you mentioned eating out, um, as an example, but where do you think, um, young people, um, from your experience are spending a lot of money that they really could cut down on? Uh, from personal examples, uh, mm. alcohol. <laughs> oh yes, dude. I totally it, agree. It is unreal how much I see friends spending on alcohol every month, you know, especially in a small town where sometimes there's not a lot going on. It's really easy to go to your local bar, grab a couple drinks, maybe your buddies show up and people start ordering shots. I mean, you know, it's alcohol yeah. is so overpriced when you're going out to a bar somewhere. Completely so even agree. if you, even if you enjoy, you know, drinking a beer every now and then I don't get me wrong. I love drinking my beer when I come home on a Friday night, <laughs> but I would highly recommend you going out and buying that six pack at the gas station or at your local Walmart yes. 
instead of paying triple to four times the amount of that at a local bar for the same amount of consumption of alcohol yeah. that you can have that yourself at home. Invite the buddies to your house. You exactly. Know, or, or go to a buddy's house. Bring a six-pack or m- m- you know, mooch off your friend's beer. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> do whatever you got to do. But I feel like, especially college students, so much money is spent on consuming alcohol. Yeah. And I'm not saying to completely stop doing, you know, you know drinking. No, I mean, live your best hard. life. Exactly. But maybe do it a more smart way because there yeah. is definitely smarter ways to do it. Exactly. Like if you're going to a concert, do some pre-gaming. Drink beforehand. Absolutely. Don't don't buy drinks at the concert. Or if you're, yes. if you're going to some event, some party, whatever, just like drink before, drink after. But if you, if you want to drink during, just don't do that because they're going to charge you up a ridiculous amount, especially if you're like a sporting event or something. Oh. It's just third like there's there's no reason to be paying for alcohol anywhere but but buying it from like a gas station or or a liquor store or wherever because right just such a ridiculous markup on that um so you do you think personally um that that making more money or spending less money is more important in sort of establishing yourself financially as a young person this is a great question and my answer is both Mm -hmm. And what I mean by this is, is I would say your first step needs to be focusing on spending less. Yep. Once you get your di- once you get dialed into understanding your budget, you understand the amount of money you have coming in, and then you understand what to do with that money once it's coming in. Yes. You're setting a foundation for yourself of what how to manage your finances. Mm. Once you get that step ma- mastered, I would next step would be to finding out different ways to making more money. Yes. Because you've gone through this process of figuring out what to do with your finances. You've gone through a process of figuring out what you need to do and how much you can spend. And as you start creating maybe other uh, streams of income mm-hmm. and you're making more money or you maybe ask for that raise at your job and you get that you know extra thousand, couple thousand dollars at raise, mm-hmm. you know now where to apply that money. Exactly. Before, if you weren't managing your expenses, People's lifestyles always change as they get that raise. They always scale up. They're always going to scale up. Yep. So really to sum this up really is, is I think both are super important, but I would say there's, there's steps. And I would say step one is to learn how to manage your finances and spend less. Once you got that mastered, step two is to start making more money. That was that was a wonderful response to that question. <laughs> like I, I think that's so spot on and like, because yeah, if, if you just start making more money, that's great. But if your lifestyle is just scaling up to, to reflect that and you're not, you, you don't know how to pay yourself yet, you don't know how much money you actually need to spend to, to maintain your lifestyle, then, then you're just going to end up with lifestyle inflation. You're going to end up spending all your money. The money's going to keep coming in. It's going to keep going out and you're never going to make any progress. So, so really getting that solid foundation is so, so key. And I'm so glad you hit on that. I think that was a wonderful response to that question. And I don't think there could have been a better response to that, honestly. <laughs> um, all right, so so hopping back over to YouTube for a second, we've been talking about investing, paying down debt for a while. But um, say say we have a listener that's sort of been thinking about starting a YouTube channel for a while now, um, but they sort of keep continuing to hesitate in taking action. They're sort of just putting it off. They're like, oh, when I when I get to to here, or when I have this much money to buy a nice camera, or or whatever, and they just keep putting it off. What would you what would you tell this person um, about sort of getting started? Just freaking do it. 
I mean, that's it, man. I mean, I I wanted to start making YouTube videos for so long, and I remember seeing like watching uh, like Jeremy's you know financial education channel, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, I know I can do this. I have, mm-hmm. I feel like I have, I've gone through life a little bit. Yeah. You know, I have a little bit of life experiences to maybe you know dab into more of the personal finance aspect. Yeah. Along with my my investing experiences that I've had over the past four or five years of investing, mm-hmm. and again, it was just a passion of mine to want to help people. But I was so worried, and just I don't want to say scared, but I was just nervous about putting myself out there, oh. and just wondering about, well, am I going to do this right? Like you said, do I have the right camera? <laughs> am I going to be doing? You know, do I? I don't have that you know, that up to scale or up to the date, uh, editing software Yeah. to where finally I was actually, I was watching a Gary V video at work one day at lunch <laughs> and he was, it was a motivational, you know, typical Gary V video. Yep. And he, I remember he said, he was like, just freaking start. Yes. And that day I came home, <laughs> I told my wife, I walked in the door, I was like, babe, I'm putting, I'm getting the camera and I'm making a video of how we paid off our $60,000 worth of student loans in nine months. And she was like, uh, okay, <laughs> sure. And I was like, and I'm going to post this video on YouTube and I'm starting that damn YouTube channel that I've been wanting to start for so long. <laughs> and, and now here I am. I mean, it's only been, I think it's been three months since I started my channel. I have almost, wow. I have like 400, just over 450 subscribers, which still again, Dang blows my mind that people yeah. are wanting to listen to this small town <laughs> boy from you know south southern missouri i mean it's it's unreal to me but it's so flattering at the same time yeah and, and i mean it's value to give so so people are willing to to tune in and to to give that attention to you well i appreciate that because it, it honestly it's been humbling it's a humbling experience and it's just been it's it's a, it's been an exciting road you know to to travel on and to start this whole YouTube thing. Cause again, I'm brand new at this and <laughs> it's been an exciting answering everyone's questions in the comments and, yeah. and like exactly like, like building relationships with other like-minded people. Mm. Like I would have never have thought that I would be sitting here talking to, you know, a 19 year old kid know, that knows <laughs> as much as you do about finances. Like that blows my mind. Thank but you, man. knowing that there are people that there's kids and there's people out there, you know, doing this, I'm so glad that I've tapped into this community now. And, you know, who knows where the future is going to lead for all of us. Exactly, man. It's a great place to be. There's so many cool people here to, to get to know and to just, I don't even know, man. I, I've just met so many cool people through through this YouTube channel and through all the stuff that I'm doing through the podcast and as well. It's just, it's, it's a great place to be. And really, anybody, if you're, if you're worried about starting a YouTube channel, don't be. Um, nobody's ever perfectly ready to start. So you really just do have to jump in and, and throw your best shot at the camera. You can always take it down if, if you don't like it. Uh, but just put it out there, get some feedback and just, just grow from there. Because I mean, my first video, I'm not sure, I don't think it's actually up anymore, but my very first video, it was so bad. You couldn't see me. You could barely hear me. Like, <laughs> it, was, it was terrible, but but like 50 people watched it. And I was like, what? Like, yeah. what do you, what even? Um, so I was just, it, crazy. It just, you'll be surprised. Um, if you have, if you have a message to spread, if you have value to bring the conversation, like people will tune in and, and you will, you'll, you'll, it won't be it won't be a lost effort if you do have serious value to provide so so i mean just just get started throw something out there see what happens because like like fear i always say man fear is temporary but regret will last you forever 
because like you can be afraid of something but like once you hop in once you see what it's all about like you're gonna you're gonna get it figured out you're gonna know about it but if you never do it if you never make that step you're always gonna regret you're always gonna live in the what ifs so so it really just does come down to like getting started before you feel like you're ready because you're never gonna feel a hundred percent ready so I'm one more thing totally. about, yeah i mean one more thing about youtube videos um what what's your favorite and then least favorite aspect of videos as far as like planning them out actually filming them reacting uh to people in the comments um editing like what what is your what do you love the most and what do you not love the most so first i'll start off with what i do not like the most and i <laughs> hate making thumbnails really i hate it i cannot stand it like oh. i'm not i'm a very analytical you know type of person the engineering background I'm not the most creative when it comes to like designing something like that, you know, okay. make it look artsy or, or to direct, <laughs> bring attention. So that is where I have the hardest time is trying to figure out how I'm going to make this thumbnail. And sometimes I'll be honest with you, it's, it's, I throw a quick video and throw some text on it and that's it. Cause I'm just like, I have no <laughs> idea how to make this thumbnail, you know, look exciting. Um, so that's probably the least thing that I love about YouTube. The, the, the number one thing is what I've talked about before already. Just, just being able to, to put yourself out there to know that you're helping someone. Like when I get those comments or those messages on like through Instagram that I got today, like that right there, just that, that's, that makes all the work that I do for this channel worth it. Mm, I totally, man, coming back to your, to your thumbnails for a second. I really like your thumbnails lately in like the last week. I really like those, um, with like the half black background yeah. and like the half you. I don't know. I really like those. So I was just, I'm, I'm surprised that that's what you said because I really like your thumbnails. Um, and I think you're doing a great job. And honestly, like I, my thumbnails feel so haphazard. Like I should probably give them a lot more thought than I do. Um, but yeah, I mean thumbnails. Yeah. I don't hate them, but I also don't give them the time that they probably deserve. So mm -hmm. that's a tricky spot, but I mean, yeah, interacting with people is, is really what it's all about. And that's where yeah. I get like the most fulfillment from is just, is just hearing from people and, and what they're, what they're up to, what their experiences have been, because that just makes it all the more real. Um, so now I got a couple questions that I like to ask all of my guests, kind of a little bit selfish because I just want to know the answers for myself, <laughs> but I'm hoping other people get value from them as well. So we're just going to hop right in. Um, first one is how do you stay motivated, whether that be financially, in life, really any, any way, shape or form you want to answer that? Yep. So first I'm a pretty, I've always been a self-motivated person. Mm. Um, that really is thanks to my mom and dad, you know, they've always kind of given me responsibility ever since I've been a young kid. I mean, eight years old, you know, making me pay my own way at a fast food restaurant or, you know, having to ask to order my own, you know, menu or whatever at such a <laughs> young age. Like I think that really just little things like that throughout life really help instill, instill responsibility in myself. And then in the, in the, long run has really helped be a more self-motivating person to be able to set my mind to whatever I want to do and achieve that. So, and I've never really not achieved anything that I wanted to in life. Mm -hmm. Um, just because I, I don't give up. Um, I just kind of keep going unless I just end up not liking something that I don't see as beneficial to me or, or helping me out in the long run that I'll stop. But but no, I mean, I think that's been the biggest aspect of how I keep myself motivated is I'm just self-motivated. And now that I have a family of my own, yeah, that's the, that's the next, I mean, right now that's the biggest motivation for me is, is everything I do is I look at how I can benefit my family 
and make my family's lives better. So having that now is really, really easy to help myself, keep myself motivated. I bet, man. And that's, that's amazing that that you're a self-starter. I mean, I feel like most people who actually start making YouTube videos are self-starters because the people who aren't don't end up starting. Um, And and I think that's also really cool that your family had such a positive impact on you and, and getting you motivated and just like feeling good about, about yourself and about being, being able to, to just get what you want and ask for what you want and make it happen. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's really cool. Um, do you have any habits that have served you particularly well, again, whether that be um, financially or otherwise? Yes. And this, so this could be good or bad. Okay. Um, it's actually been good and bad for me in my <laughs> life, but it's, it's been being impatient. Mm, okay. Um, so what I mean by that is, is when I think of something that I want to do, yeah. I want to do it. How do I say this? I want, I, I put my, my whole self to it, my whole mind to it. That's what I'm striving to get towards. And the impatience I think is what makes me work harder. Mm, now okay. on the perspective, other perspective of that, I've also had a lot of, you know, not so great benefits of being impatient is because like, for example, YouTube is a prime example. Mm-hmm. I sometimes get impatient and I'm thinking, okay, well maybe, you know, I'm not putting out good content or maybe this or maybe that. And oh, yeah. you got to be able to be patient in anything you do in life to see the results, whether, you know, as for investing, um, starting yep. a business, you know, starting a YouTube channel. So really it has, being impatient has affected me both good and bad in my life. That's fair. That's fair. And I mean, there's, there's aspects like, like what, one of the things Gary Vee says again, um, it's, it's macro patience, but like in the micro it's speed. So, yes. so being able to, to see the big picture, see the, see the trees for the forest or whatever that saying is like, see the big <laughs> picture, but right. also be able to, to act quickly because if you don't act quickly, you're never going to accomplish that big picture vision that you have for yourself. So I think that is a very beneficial thing to be able to, to, to see what you're going for, but also be able to make the moves to, to make it happen. And I mean, I feel like everybody's got, I mean, I know personally I have this, but like the self doubt about, about having that like imposter syndrome of, Oh, am I doing this right? Are, are these videos any good? Or do people even care anymore? Um, right. But, but you really do have to just like stay true and, and, and hone in on those messages that you get in those comments that you get, because those, those are the most meaningful things. And those are the things that, that make it work worth it. Um, Absolutely. so, so, Couple more questions here. Any book or books that have had a big impact on you in your life? Again, can be financial, can be lifestyle, whatever you feel. So in the recent, honestly, I haven't read much because of everything going on with family, YouTube, and work and everything else. But in the past, I have read a book uh, that really, I think, really, I think, first opened my mind on investing and finances as a whole, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure a lot of your listeners, if they're listening to your podcast, they've probably heard of this book and it's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, yes. Yes. Really put in, yeah, really put into perspective of, you know, that's the first time I've heard the concept of make money work for you. Don't work for money. Mm. And that was huge. That was a, that was a, that was a, you know, changed my whole outlook on, on how to handle my money. I completely, I'm completely with you on that. Um, One critique that I've gotten of that book recently. I mean, I talked about the book a lot. It's had a huge impact on me. But one critique that has come up um, a couple times recently is that people say 
that that book is no good because it's all fluff. It's not giving you any tactical information. It's not giving you any like resources or like ways to do things. Um, can you talk on that a little bit? That's a good point. Um, honestly, like you can't get everything. See, some some people expect so much from from one mm. thing. Like yes, that book's not meant to be. Uh, you know, it's not meant to set yourself up to know exactly what to do step by step by step. I mean, the book is meant to kind of also motivate yourself to take that next step, to yes. take that action, to learn more, to research more, to watch YouTube videos, to listen to financial podcasts. Exactly. It's really, it's just to show you, you know, what can be done and kind of give you a motivation of to just get started. I completely agree with that. And for me, it was very beneficial because I read this book coming in with, with very little. I mean, I'd been watching some YouTube videos for a while, reading some, reading some blogs, listening to some podcasts, but I was at a very low level. I mean, I'm still pretty low as far as like financial literacy goes in the grand scheme of things. Of course, among my peers, I would not say that, but right. like in, the, in the whole scheme of the world, um, yeah. So, so, but this book is a really good way to sort of just like open up your mind to all the opportunities out there. Because before reading this book, I really thought that the way to get rich was to lock down a job as a computer programmer, making um, six figures a year, work 80 hours a week for, for the rest of my life, and then retire at the age of 65 and just lay on a beach. That's what I thought. That's, that's what I thought the one path to like financial success was, was to get a very high paying job, work a lot of hours a week, and, and then just retire. And, and now after reading that book, I realized that that's not the only way to go. In fact, most of the people that, that you know that have built serious wealth did not do it that way. Um, frankly, very, very few of them did it that way. Um, so that book really just opened up my mind to a whole new world of opportunities and just, just things that were available to me that I really had no idea of before and just business models and, and, and ways to start businesses and all of these things that I just never thought of before. And I think it's very, very good for that at a beginner level. Of course, if you're, if you're super advanced and, and you're reading books like maybe The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham, um, right. maybe this book isn't, isn't the most beneficial for you at that point um, right. because you've already internalized a lot of the stuff that's, that's in the book and a lot of these ideas. But if you're coming in at a very ground level and you want a very ground level book to get started with, I think it's just such, such a good way to go. It's literally $7 on Amazon and, and for $7 to like have that much of an impact on, on you. I mean, I got it from a thrift store for like a dollar. Um, but, but for, for a book that's so cheap to have such a, a, a powerful impact, I think it's, I think it's wild. And I think people who choose not to read the book, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I think you're, you're missing out on a lot. If you're, if you're a young person, you haven't read this book yet. Um, and you're trying to, trying to build something for yourself. So it's a huge ROI on yourself. I completely agree, dude. $7 for, for a ridiculous ROI. Um, all right. So last question before we go, um, I'm going to give you some time to do some self promotion. So where can people find out more about you? Where can people connect with you? Um, just, uh, feel free to shout out any, um, any social handles, any, any places that people can feel free to reach out to you and connect. For sure. I mean, first and foremost, you can check me out on my YouTube channel. It's just JJ Buckner. Uh, and then also I'm probably most active on my Instagram channel, which is just at JJ Buckner. I do a little bit of Twitter here and there, not too much. And that's at JJ underscore Buckner. Um, if you guys have any questions for me, uh, I have an email. You can also send me emails. I check regularly. It's jjbucknerbusiness at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Perfect. All right. Well, now now you guys know how to contact JJ. Um, feel free to hit him up, reach out, 
hop over to his YouTube channel and subscribe because he has some very, he's got some great content going on over there, guys. If you haven't checked it out yet, be sure to do so. Um, JJ, I just want to thank you one more time for being on the show. It was a pleasure to have you here. Um, and I look forward to speaking with you again very soon. Likewise, Apple. Thanks, man. Well, guys, I hope you really enjoyed that interview with JJ Buckner. Again, check him out over on youtube.com slash JJ Buckner. He's got some amazing videos over there all about just establishing yourself as a young person financially, really just getting that solid base going. So, so I love his videos. I binge watch them all the time. So definitely go check him out. Um, for our money pun of the day, what's the difference between baseball and politics? Well, in baseball, you're out if you get caught stealing. Next week, we are going to have an amazing show. We've got Carolyn Swanson on the show, actually, and she is going to tell us all about network marketing or multi-level marketing and just breaking down that entire, entire topic. So it, it was honestly probably my favorite interview so far for the show. She was actually an old teacher of mine, um, was into multi-level marketing back then, but then she took it full-time recently. So we really break down everything that you got to know about multi-level marketing, network marketing, all that good stuff. I learned so much because I, I know personally, I've been pitched a ton of multi-level marketing opportunities, anywhere from, from selling electricity to selling knives to really everything in between. So, so I really wanted to talk to somebody who, who knew their stuff, who'd been doing this for, for six plus years and really just get the insider scoop on that. So that's what we're going to be coming back with next week. It's going to be amazing. It was, again, my favorite interview so far, I would have to say. Uh, we had a ton of fun filming it and it was just a great time had by all. Um, so definitely stay tuned for that. Um, but if you can't wait until then for your next uh, bit of uh, entrepreneurship, financial literacy, uh, personal finance, whatever, I've got some free resources for you. First of which is my um, my free online course, as always, that's at applecreditorcom slash course. It's going to teach you how to invest your first $100 from your smartphone, completely free video lecture course, about 45 minutes in length. Um, and again, that's applecreditorcom slash course, completely free. Another free resource for you. This one is actually brand spanking new. I just wrote an ebook actually. So, so believe it or not, I wrote an ebook um, and, and it's basically about how to start an online business. Okay. So when I say online business, what I'm mostly talking about here is a personal brand. It doesn't have to be a personal brand. <clears throat> Could be could be a uh, an Instagram page or, or any kind of any kind of presence online, but really just how to build an audience online and all the ways that you can monetize that. Okay, so so it's a great read. It's about 33 pages, um, and I'm I'm really proud of how it turned out. It's it's very uh, I think it's very engaging and it'll really help you break down really how to create an income for yourself online if that is something that you're looking to do. So if you want to make more money online, definitely give this book a read. Um, and you can find that at applecreditorcom slash ebook. That's 100% free as well. My gift to you for, for listening to the podcast today. Next, we've got about a 200 uh, uploads over on YouTube. I try to upload about three to five times a week. That's going to be at youtube.com slash applecrater. Definitely check that out. Uh, similar content that we've got on the podcast, of course. It's going to be personal finance, entrepreneurship, stock market. Um, also, also some social media uh, business model stuff as of lately, as, as of me starting in on, on these different um, Instagram pages, growing them uh, and such. So, so you can definitely find out more about that uh, over on the YouTube channel as well. Um, and, and lastly, just my website, applecrater.com, where you're gonna find the uh, the show notes for this episode at applecrater.com slash 016, because this is episode 16, uh, applecrater.com slash 016 is where you'll find those show notes that'll have all the resources we've mentioned, uh, the books that JJ mentioned, all of that good stuff, it's gonna be over there. 
Uh, but that's pretty much all I got for you guys. So thank you very much for, for, for coming down and, and watching the show, listening to the show, wherever you are consuming this piece of content at. I really do appreciate your time and I appreciate you choosing to spend it here. Before we go, I do want to challenge you to start keeping track of your expenses, even if it's just for a week. Like, like just know where your money's going. We talked about this a bit in the show. JJ mentioned that having a budget is a really important thing. And I mentioned how I just recently started tracking my income. I'd always been tracking my expenses, but, but I was, I was now, I'm now starting to track my income, but just keeping track of where your money is going is so, so key because if you don't know where it's going, then how are you going to improve your financial situation? Like you, you can start making more money, but if all that money is just going out and you don't know where it's going, it's going to be really, really tough to, to sort of help yourself move along financially if you don't even know where the money's going. So, so that's, that's a key, key thing that you really have to lock down before you, you go out and try to make more money or, or try to try to uh, improve your investing. Like, like just establishing a budget and establishing where your money's actually going is so, so key, but it's very frequently neglected, especially by young people. So that is my challenge to you. Let me know how that goes. DM me at Apple Crater official or shoot me an email at apple at applecrater.com. Really wherever you can find me, I would love to hear from y'all. Uh, but but, but um, my name has been Apple Crater. Uh, this has been Young Smart Money and I will see y'all on Friday.